Hey guys, welcome into the Bear With Us podcast. I'm Jack, he is Frank, coming at you again with another episode talking about whatever the hell we're talking about, talking about some Bears free agency news. We got some, uh, we're finally doing our, our, our rookie quarterback rankings. I know everybody is just jumping out of their seats when they heard that. They're just like, oh fuck, all right, today's the fucking day. Um, but no, it'll be good to talk about that for dynasty purposes, right? I may have the number one overall pick in a rookie draft. Who do I want? You know, who am I going to go with? Maybe Frank can convince me who to draft. Um, I have my own ideas, but, you know, maybe maybe Frank will will strike some gold here. We'll, we'll have to see. But, Frank, the Bears made some moves, and I feel like we should talk about a couple of them. What do you think? I'm excited about it. I'm ready to talk about it. Right. Well, let's talk a little. Let's talk through it. Uh, the Bears uh, released Trevor Simeon. And signed P.J. Walker, formerly of the Carolina Panthers, to be the backup to Justin Fields. Uh, do you like that move? I do. Um, obviously not groundbreaking by any means, but that to me signifies that they're ready to sort of take another step within this offense and with Justin Fields' development. Um, and what I mean by that is last year when we talked about Trevor Simeon, his clear job was to be there and help Justin learn the offense and like you know be more of a clipboard quarterback type of guy. Um, and I think for, for what it was, that's what he did. I think he helped Justin a lot. Justin talked a little bit about, you know, the things that Trevor helped him on in the, in the, the quarterback room and everything. Um, but to me now, this says like, hey, we don't really need that for Justin anymore. Like, if he goes down, we have a guy with a similar skill set who obviously isn't as good as him, but like, we don't have to change the offense at all. Like, we're, we're going to continue to take these strides. So I liked it. I, I mean, I think philosophically speaking, I, I like when your backup has a similar skill set to your starter. I mean, we saw it with uh, Lamar, and Tyler Huntley last year, Lamar goes down. Tyler Huntley, again, he's not Lamar, but similar skill set, same offense. And they got to, you know, continue to win a little bit, even with their backup quarterback. So I, I, I liked it. Again, not not groundbreaking by any means, but do you have the, uh, this, the same sentiment? Yeah, pretty much. Um, the biggest difference, obviously, being that P.J. Walker is obviously not uh, known for his rushing ability. He hasn't done it a whole lot when he's been, uh, when he's playing, but he did have a couple of nice games, um, back there uh, in Carolina where people were kind of looking at him like, do we got something here? And then they let him play a little bit more. And they're like, no, (laughs) no, we don't. Uh, But uh, no, I I think he's a, he's a solid backup. You know, he can, he can come in, make some throws. And obviously he has that connection with DJ Moore's kind of funny. They brought in, you know, half uh, the, the number one highlight we've been seeing as bears fans since the DJ Moore trade is that, one bomb that he got that he caught versus the Falcons. Yep, that insane game. catch. Quarterback who threw that is PJ Walker. So they kind of got both duos together. Uh so, you know, I not not too much to say. Hopefully we don't have to see you know, hopefully we don't see literally any of PJ Walker this yes, year. Yes, that'd be phenomenal. That would be ideal. But if something happens kind of like last year, you know, I'd I'd feel comfortable with who the uh the backup quarterback is. Just, you know, I, I, it doesn't really matter because again what we talked about last year, Frank, with how this offense is going to develop, it, it, it's not going to change. Everything is going to go through Justin Fields. If he's not on the field, none of this really matters. I, I still think that sentiment can be carried over into year two, regardless of who they add on the offense in their draft or in you know the rest of free agency, I guess. But um, I kind of have a feeling we've, we've seen all those additions that we're probably going to see at this point, unless something crazy happens. Um Another couple signings, uh, or let's start with the with the next big one here. Donta Foreman uh, was signed as the the running back, obviously from the Panthers as well. Had some really really good games uh, in the middle of the season. 
I, I thought he was probably going to be a little bit more effective for the Panthers early on, but then obviously the Christian McCaffrey trade happens and he ends up basically being their starting running back. Frank, do you like that signing um, to replace, obviously, David Montgomery going to the Lions, which I don't think we actually talked about either, Frank. I think we gotta, we got to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we, yeah, we didn't. Um, we didn't talk about that at all because it happened like immediately after we recorded mm-hmm. uh, last week. I do like the Dante Foreman uh, signing. He had a really good year with uh, the Titans that year that Derrick Henry went down to. He had some really big games. I mean, I think anyone who's listened to, the, to this podcast long enough knows my stance on running backs. Unless you have an elite Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, before he started to slow down a little bit, Adrian Peterson in his prime, like they're all just sort of the same, especially now where it's like, look at some of the game tape from Dante Foreman. Look at some of the game tape from David Montgomery. You get an average to an above average running back. Like, it was really, I mean, what, what did, what did uh, David get with the lions? Like eight, eight mil a year or something like that. And they just signed Foreman to like three or four. Like they got the same production, same type of thing for literally half the price. So it's, you know, people. And arguably a more explosive player. I think he is more, he's, I think he is more explosive. Yeah. I mean, there were a couple games last year. uh, Well, the very first game after the Christian McCaffrey trade, where him and uh, Chuba Hubbard both went for over 100 yards. And some of those runs right. that he pulled off, you know, the biggest critique to David Montgomery, the one one thing that we praised him for, though, was that he did get his, you know, he did get faster with, with as he trained in the NFL, but he still never had that, like, breakaway speed. And, and, and my biggest issue, and I guess I'm sort of combining the, the Montgomery thing, too, my biggest issue with Montgomery was he seemed to want to dance a little bit too much, where it was like, sure, you just broke three tackles, but you gained a yard. Like, and then you would see the total opposite with, with Herbert, where, you know, Khalil isn't necessarily the most shifty guy, but his vision is there. He hit the hole and he'd pick you up eight. And it's like, just give me the downhill stuff. And I feel like we get a lot of that from Foreman as well. He's a little more elusive than um, Herbert is, but that's a solid one-two punch. Are they going to be elite? No, probably not. But it's, you know, again, unless you have a top-of-the-line guy and there's maybe a couple rookies from last year who have a chance to, like, be that special. Brees Hall, if he comes back from that injury. Ken Walker looked really good. But, like, the, the, the main thing is just, like, that explosion that David Montgomery never had. He would fight for the extra yard. He broke good, he broke tackles well. But it was like, when you looked at him, I, I feel like I always looked at him and I was like, man, if he can just sometimes hit the hole and go, he would he would be maybe, like, knocking on that elite level but it's just he never like quite i don't know if it was a vision thing i don't know if it was a speed thing he never quite put all of that together it's not to say he was a bad player i I actually just made a tweet that's buzzing off a little bit on bears twitter they asked uh i don't know if you saw it jack they asked what was the what was the opinion the bears opinion that would have you like this and it was like all the swords at that dude you know that like meme and that's literally what i put i put david montgomery as an average nfl running back and fans who you know are missing him are just typical chicago fans falling in love with mediocre talent because that's what Chicago fans do. And that's what he was. Like, he was nothing more than ever. Av- when did you ever look at him and be like, man, that's an elite running back? And this is a town that knows elite running backs. Thomas Jones, when he was here, fucking elite. Matt Forte, elite. Did Montgomery? And this is, I. this sounds so bad like I'm shitting on him. But did, did David ever come close to those heights? He, he made some nice catches last year. And obviously his pass blocking was one of his biggest skill sets at the end of the year, but yes. I, I would argue that he was probably more like a poor man's Matt Forte, like a very poor man. Like he was very, like a yeah, very downgraded, but he did similar things, but sort of in the same vein where it's like, if Matt Forte had been just a little bit faster 
straight line speed, he probably would be regarded as one of the better running backs in NFL history. He was a very good player for the Bears, and I think a lot of people liked him for... He was kind of like Christian McCaffrey before Christian McCaffrey was a thing. That was kind of that was kind of Matt Forte's... Big. I mean, he had a thousand-yard receiving season with the Bears. Exactly. And, and David Montgomery had similar skills. He was very... He was where I'm going with this, Frank, is I, I like the Dante Foreman signing for the very same reason that I like the, the P.J. Walker signing. Him and Khalil Herbert are really not that dissimilar. They both kind of right. have very explosive ability uh, where they're really going to need to add. And I'm curious to see how they do that is they're going to need to add a pass catch, a pass catching running back. Uh, they, they did sign Travis Homer, um, but he's special more of a teamer. special teams yeah. guy. Um, and better in blocking too. So he might be your third down running back, you know, on passing downs, things like that. But they're going to need to, they're, they're going to draft another one. They're going to draft another one in the fifth or sixth round, probably. But Jack, you know what's um, it's funny that you say that though, because after they signed Travis Homer, the guy that I thought that the Bears were going to go after was Jarek McKinnon. I thought he would have fit that sort of pass catching mold, third down and long. And I guess he just didn't have interest in him. Or maybe the yeah. price was, I don't think he signed anywhere yet. Maybe he's, his asking price a little too high right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was unreal in Kansas city. I'd be surprised if they didn't bring him back next year. Um, Fair. And trusted Ebner is still there, but I, I, I was more disappointed with Trustin Ebner than I thought I would be. I yeah. expected a little bit more of the pass catching ability. And he just, he looked more like a fullback. Honestly, I was, was that, that was, that was the weird thing. Cause even seeing him on special teams last year, like we saw his college tape, we didn't scout him coming in. It's even, you know, but once he got drafted to the bears, we're like, man, this guy's got a little Tariq Cohen in him and he's quick and he's fast. When you saw him on, on a, when you saw him on an NFL field, none of that was there. I don't know if it was just you know you're stepping up and you're playing the big boys right. now and you just don't look as, as fast. But man, he just like lacked that that it factor that he had in college. And it was never to say he was going to be like elite, but like to be a good third down back, to be a good pass catching back. Like I thought he had that coming out, and woof, he didn't yeah. have any of it. And then it also looked like he gained a little bit of weight though. He looked a little. I think they may have been like, hey, you might have a better chance to make this team if you play fullback or something. Maybe, I, 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 but but you know what, though, Jack? That, that That's the one thing, though, that we asked, like, where did um, Montgomery's speed go? Maybe they like, maybe this, this regime likes bigger backs. Maybe. Because Montgomery looked a step slower last year, too, versus what he did in, 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 uh, in um, Nagy's last He's year. He's hurt all the time. He's always hurt. I, I, he was always I hurt, yeah. I never really understood the love for that Bears fans had for David Montgomery out as a player, as a person, he seemed like a really good yeah, dude. Good dude. Um, but like he never, I don't know. He just, I, I, I agree with you. Never really hit a certain note, but that's for me or anything dude, but that's um, what Chicago, Chicago fans love. They fall in love with mediocre talent and they just like, can't let them go. And they get so pissed when the team moves away talk from Talk about Kirk Heinrich one more time to my face. We're going to have problems. All right. Okay. But to at least throw a bone there, he was a really good leader in the locker room. For as much as I thought, for as average as I, I thought he good. was. For as average as he was, he was a really a good presence in that locker room. You and I are going to have a discussion after this podcast is over. And we're going to call it the Bulls. Let's see. The Bulls Stampede. Bulls. <laughs> there you go. We're working it as we're talking. Uh, no, I agree. Um, what I do like about Dante Foreman is, is uh, you know, when he was asked why he signed with the Bears, like, what what's exactly your role going to be? He's like, I, I want to be the lead guy. 
because it doesn't do my good. team any good if I'm just like, oh, I'm a backup running back. Like, no, he's like, I'm, I'm because that's the thing that I think Bears fans are, are sort of, I, I think they understood it a lot more than I, I think I gave them credit for, which I'm really happy about. Because um, we didn't all, you know, I assume Bears fans would just basically be giving the crown to Khalil Herbert and being like, okay, he's our running back one. No, I think Bears fans kind of, you know, with the when, you know, Austin Eckler was made available, um, you know, with Derrick Henry, I've seen people talking about wanting to bring Derrick Henry in. Well, that doesn't necessarily make sense. I think there is a clear understanding that that running back room isn't just set, right? It's not going to be a Khalil Herbert just given the opportunity yep. because he's there. He was also a sixth-round pick. There's still upgrades you could potentially make, and that's why I like this signing a lot. I know we've spent a lot of time talking about Dante Foreman. Probably yeah, but yeah, well, the Montgomery. David Montgomery thing, yeah. which um, but I, you, you know, know signing with the Lions – Six, I think it was six years, six, six million dollars. It was three oh, years, six. Mil, so, so six mil, which I wouldn't, I, I, I'm fine with them letting him walk. I'm, I well, really I, I am too. I mean, it, it, if he was better, I would have loved to pay that. But again, like outside of the pass blocking thing, that was the only reason that I brought up ever even keeping him is that you, you want to protect Justin as, as well as you can. But again, are you paying six million when like the only elite thing that you do is, is, pass blocking as a running back, you know, but um, the one thing I will say, uh, you know, last thing about the running backs is I do want this regime to figure out how to use two running backs. They didn't show the ability to do that last year. <laughs> yeah. When, when Montgomery became, when he got hurt, Herbert played really well. When Montgomery came back, they only leaned on Montgomery. I don't like that. We're, we're in a league right now that you can use multiple running backs and, and use them really well. And I think that adds a, a different layer um, to, to an attack that a defense has to account for. And, you know, we that was sort of our critique with Matt Nagy as well. And, you know, last year just being what it was, you can sort of write it off. But if I don't see that this year, that will be a mark of a disappointment to me, for, for, for me, to be honest with you. Because um, I do think we're going to have to look at, like, smaller things of improvement again. I don't think they've done enough for them to be a 10-11 win team as it stands. Maybe they crush the rookie draft out of the ballpark. But, you know, I think we're looking at, like, you know, six wins, seven wins. And if that's the, that is the case, we want more progress from Justin. But you talk about looking at the coaching staff. That's going to be one thing I'm really looking at. You, it, it, Whether or not you um, sign a Jarek McKinnon type or you draft a running back, your running back room is and should be diverse. You have to use everyone in there because that's just how you use running backs these days. There is one thing that... Um... You know, it's, it's kind of interesting, and obviously the coaching staff hasn't had an opportunity to really do anything on their end. But uh, to me right now, Ryan Poles has kind of given us the exact offseason you and I had really been hoping for. Um, just a lot of smart decisions with how they're using their money. I understand Bears fans have, you know, are upset regardless of what happens that we haven't signed, you know, Odell Beckham and, you know, the every right tackle available and this and that. But Again, it goes back to something you and I have been talking about when it came to the trade for Chase Claypool and the trade for DJ Mo. Everything he's done so far, I've not once been like, I just don't get that. Whereas, like, you know, previous regimes, that's all I kept finding myself asking <laughs> that type of question. But what did we ask him to do? Not spend a ton of money on David Montgomery. Ryan Poles didn't do that. He signed a cheap running back. He understands the, the position positional value. He's not trading up for a running back in the third round yet, obviously, for David Montgomery. When you and I don't really kind of – Ryan Poles seems to really understand how the modern NFL works. 
can he build a winning team and did he hire the right coach to bring all that together? That still remains to be seen. But at this point, I, I just, I, I feel it's so refreshing to have a GM not necessarily be aggressive because we obviously have that in, in previous years. Ryan Poles is being aggressively smart. That's, that's how I would phrase it. He's just doing things that make sense and, and maybe they don't all work out right. Like last year, you know, none of really none of his signings worked out, but so far everything he's done has really made sense to me. Do you also kind of feel that that same way? Yeah. Um, the one thing that he has stood by and I believe him is that he sets a board for free agency and he's not budging off of that. He, he puts people in certain money buckets and it's like if we're if we get past that, it's a no go. We just can't we can't do that. And to me, that's the most responsible way to build a team, especially because the Bears aren't in aren't in a position to say, hey, we're a nose tackle away. We're this away right. from being a Super Bowl contender. When, when, hopefully, when that day comes, then you make a splash. You can make a, a, a reach or what. I mean, we saw it with, you know, the the Chiefs that hey, we're running back. Let's go get Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Even though they picked the wrong running back, their 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 mindset was we're going to get the right. last piece that we need. You're you know, you're usually never supposed to take a running back in the first, but we got it like that. The Bears don't got it like that right now. So everything matters, and that even goes down to you know one of the things you said. Fans getting really upset. Um. And I can't, I, you know, I can't say that I felt dissimilar. Um, but once he sort of talked about like scheme fit mattering and not, you know, not only just money, because they could have afforded Orlando Brown, they could have afforded some of these guys. But are they the right scheme fit? And that was the one thing that, you know, I saw some people tweeting. Um, and when you get into like niche Twitter, it becomes less of like Lemicky and becomes like real good conversations. And I saw a little bit on, on on Reddit as well. And people were just saying like, yeah, like I did really want Orlando Brown. But I'd be remiss to say, like, I know what the fuck the actual scheme is. Like, we only know right. things from a fan perspective. So, like, the fact that that Ryan Poles is, is making a note to, to make sure, like, hey, like, that's why we didn't do that. Um, and it made me feel like Ryan Pace almost, like, looked at names. Because there were a lot of times where we signed a big name and they didn't perform. And it's like, they probably weren't the best scheme fit. He just, like, saw stats and, like, didn't account for things and just sort of, you know, signed him. And it didn't really work that way. Um, right. So that that is refreshing to have someone... Uh, that's you know that that's sort of staying the course for what his goals were yeah i think that's a great point um absolutely scheme fit is is absolutely huge and you know you and i said before the offseason started do not be surprised if not all hundred million dollars is spent this offseason yep right it, it, and if he did that i would probably be way more upset than i than i am about who he didn't sign i'd, I'd probably be like that just doesn't that's just not what he talked about it's not the way he talked about building he's sticking to his convictions you're you're absolutely correct um you know no no real big wide receiver upgrades right now i i really don't see that happening outside of maybe the the draft um we did see elijah moore get traded to the cleveland browns um for basically you know it was him and a third for a second which you know bears fans might see that and be like you know why didn't we take a shot we did just trade for chase chase claypool with that second round pick. Uh, but Frank, like just kind of looking at the, the names themselves. I mean, this potentially has to be one of the best wide receiver groups. The bears have had, I mean, since what? 2013. Yeah. That, with that, uh, Alshon and, yep. and Earl Bennett, right? Yes. It's a long fucking time, dude. That's 10 years. It is. It's a very long time. Yeah. No, you're right, and and but you know what though? The thing is, I would also say that that price wasn't steep for Elijah Moore. I think he's a really good talent. I will say, 
I, I would assume polls looking at the rest of his depth chart and seeing that Elijah got pretty upset last year when he was no longer wide receiver one, his quarterback didn't have the ability to That's spread the point. ball. Justin, I don't know if it's, it, it is at that point that he can support multiple thousand yard receivers just yet so they also might not even throw the ball that much and and and, and that's what i mean like sure i maybe if dj moore wasn't here if, if that trade happened and we didn't get sure. more we get like brian yeah. burns you take take a look at there but yeah I, I i don't know if it was a good fit with him being wide receiver two depending on what darnell does maybe even wide receiver three you know what i mean yeah. versus like in cleveland he's the clear wide receiver two like and you have a guy in Deshaun that if maybe he three Maybe even three. You think so? Donovan, Donovan I like Donovan Peoples-Jones. I like him a lot, yeah. Season. That's fair. Yeah. But I still think the Bears are going to draft somebody in the in the second round, third round, something like that. They're, they might. They do have to add because Chase Claypool is not a proven commodity in this offense. No, Darnell but I... I is not a proven commodity at all. You're right, but if I'm... I, if I'm polls, one thing is for fucking certain... I let last year be a wash and I sit Getsy and Eberflus down and say, I traded a fucking two for this guy. That was the first pick. You play him more than 30% of the reps because if I'm going to be proven wrong, God damn it. I'm proven wrong because he's on the fucking field. You know what I mean? Like well, that, that that's one thing is for certain. Like, and it's not to stick up for Claypool at all. He didn't perform very well. He had some pretty key drops last year, but again, you trade that much capital. You make it work for 80% of the reps. And, <laughs> you know and, I mean? and, that's, and that's where I think, you know, I'm starting to kind of get a disconnect between the front office and the, and the coaching staff and, and not necessarily, and, and, you know, that's not necessarily fair, fair to say because Ryan Poles has obviously had multiple opportunities to do things in the offseason now that I've really liked. The coaching staff hasn't really gotten to do anything, but, you know, whereas I'm finding myself being like, oh, Ryan Poles making this decision, it makes a lot of sense. It seems very smart. I, I just keep going back to sort of what was going on at the end of the season and even in the middle of the season, I should say, with, with the coaching staff where you and I were just like, I, I'm just not quite understanding the plan. Now, maybe they were just trying to get the number one overall pick and, and we just didn't really, we just didn't quite understand that. Uh, but I do want to see a little bit more flexibility and uh, something that should allow them to do that is uh, the signing of Robert Tunyon, the, uh, the former Packers tight end. Um, obviously familiarity with, with, with Getsy, but one thing that kind of really stood out to me, Frank, was how Ryan Poles specifically brought up Robert Tunyon's pass catching ability. Mm -hmm. I think him and Cole Komet might be in for a pretty heavy workload in terms of the passing game, maybe even more so than we saw last year with just Cole Komet. Um, what do you think? You like the Tanyan sign? I really liked it. Um, who knows if it'll work out? It's a one-year deal, but he's a really good red zone target, and I I don't think we had much of that last year. Like, who was the guy? I mean, we the first thing that comes to my mind is Justin Fields having to throw a perfect dart to five ten Darnell Mooney, who just doesn't have that type of ability, right? And like Chase Claypool just isn't that guy, unfortunately. Even though he's, I mean, you, if you look at 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 Chase Claypool, you would just think he's the best receiver in the league. Just he has the build for it. He's like six three. And he doesn't play that way. Um, Komet is starting to come along in that area. But, I mean, Tanyan, I, mean, I know he had he dealt with some health issues last year, but the year before that, he would just reel off games, three touchdowns, two touchdowns, you know, a buck 50 and a touch. Like, he was on the verge, of sort of, especially fantasy-wise. I had him in a couple of leagues. I picked him off, off, off the waiver-wise, and you're like, man, this dude may be something with Aaron Rodgers. And obviously, like, Field isn't, isn't at that height just yet, but 
that's a very good weapon to have in the red zone. So I, I don't forecast him having like seven, eight hundred, nine hundred yards. But the, I think his biggest impact will be, um, it, you know, within the twenty. Do you feel the same? They need they need that because you know you don't want to be throwing perfect balls to Ryan Griffin and then he just for some reason doesn't know where to go and he turns and looks and gets his quarterback killed on Twitter again. But uh, I I just really like the commitment that Ryan Poles has made to getting weapons for Justin Fields because we're seeing it now. This is all we were asking for from him in the offseason was was if you're going to go with Justin Fields as your guy, which we both thought he should, then you need to surround him with the needed weapons. And I think this this group already, we haven't even hit the draft yet. It's already significantly yeah. better. I mean, you think of the top five guys, and again, maybe this is why they didn't go with you know trading for Elijah Moore as well. It's a great point you made. You think of DJ Moore, probably the Bears' best wide receiver in Bears history, which is pretty funny. Uh, Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, Robert Tunyon as your top five targets. You could, you could do a lot worse. You could do a lot worse. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, we just had a lot saying. worse last year. A- absolutely. So, uh, and, and Luke Getze, you know, kind of similar to what Matt Nagy had said. We'll see if Luke Getze can maybe pull it off a little bit more effectively. He kind of talked about how the Bears offense really goes through the tight ends. Um, you know, we saw that in the run game, especially. We saw that in the pass game with some of those gigantic games that Cole Komet had. Now you want to see more of that option, more of those opportunities. And and you just kind of see how the Bears are really starting to build. It's, it's not the Dalton Schultz signing, which I probably would have preferred. That's maybe the only difference. Yeah. However... However, I would argue that Robert Tunyon is probably a better red zone target than Dalton Schultz is. I, yeah, I, I think Schultz and Komet command the same type of like 20 to 20 middle of the field type of yeah. targets. And then Tunyon comes in and, and is that red zone guy. Um, maybe Mike Jasicki. Maybe I, I, I would have maybe considered Jasicki a little but, bit more, but it's, but, it's but, but here's the thing of the offense from, that from Getsy. But I also think they still have faith in Komet to be, to take like another step. And those guys, in my opinion, I think Gesicki and Dalton Schultz are better than uh, Cole Komet. And maybe they just feel like they couldn't carve out an, or, or they just have faith that, you know, he's that dude and they don't want to pay someone more than him to, to then, you know, take his reps. Which I'm not super mad about. Cause unless you're Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, like I'm not going to be all too concerned about having, paying top tier money for for the tight end position right yeah and even then like you you would want to do that with homegrown talent right agree um no big movement on the offensive line i really think the number nine pick is locked and loaded to be a right tackle i i just i just think at this point Agreed. you know with, with the lack of moves they've made towards the offensive line i just think that makes the most sense um i saw a projected uh depth chart from the athletic today uh, where it was uh, Kevin Fishbane and Adam Johns, and they have it listed the, at thus far. Left tackle, Braxton Jones. Left guard, Tevin Jenkins. Wonder what podcast talked about that. Center, Cody Whitehair. Uh, right guard, Nate Davis. And then right tackle, Larry Borum, um, which I don't need to see any more Larry Borum no. at right tackle. Uh, that's I really think that's where they're going to they're gonna go. I, I just think they it have makes to. too much sense. There's good talent. There's going to be, you know, Peter Skaronsky, Northwestern tackle. 
um, Ohio State, Paris Johnson Jr., and then Georgia's uh, Broderick Jones. Those are like the top three tackles. They should well, all be a, available at nine. There's a Tennessee guy that people are, are all, but. that, that are uh, big enough as well that are saying if we trade back into the teens with someone that he would be a really good pick there for right tackle. I forget his name, though. I, I, you're going to have options, especially yeah. defensive players, corners, edge rushers. We expect them to go early. Um, you know, one name I, I really we haven't talked about and, and I don't think Bears fans should necessarily just forget about is Alex Leatherwood because he should almost get the same grace that Chase Claypool got. He missed. What was it like a month with mono or something like that? And he, so he, he lost never, like 15 pounds during that. I mean, he lost a good amount. I remember what, what exactly it was. Exactly. So he you know, he was a first round pick like he should he might get more opportunities than we think to at least be like a swing tackle. Um, but I, I, I think I'm locking my pick in as right tackle. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. I, I, it wouldn't completely shock me if they go uh, Najiba, but I will. I may break my TV if we draft a corner. I'm serious. <sighs> yeah, that, that's a conversation for another day. We'll, 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 we'll talk about it. Um, uh, are we going to talk about the... The last thing, the, the defensive tackle? Yeah, yeah. Andrew Billings, the one technique tackle, big, 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 big guy. Big giant gang. Yeah. Man. He's fucking huge. Ted Washington. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, you know, I, it, we still, the, the Bears still really, 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 really need to add a <laughs> on the defensive line. Like that edge group does not look all that great right now. Um, so, you know, just, just, he, on let's see march 22nd I'm, I'm dating this episode march 22nd this is how i'm i'm predicting the bears draft goes i, I no trades or anything because I, I don't want to get too far in the weeds here but i think they're going to go right tackle defensive line wide receiver i think those are they're going to be their first three picks in that order i think that makes the most sense Oof, i am going to go offensive tackle um, and then these those second round picks, I think one will be a center and one will be a wide receiver. Okay. And I but I, I do think I, I I do think Whitehair will start the year at center, but I think you because that's a one that's an underrated position when people talk about like adapting to the NFL because their their responsibilities are much more than just blocking. Um, to a point where depending on what they think about Tev, they may even start the center that they draft at left guard until he's ready to move to center in a year two whatever it is. Um. Yeah. But I, I think they will take it. They're, they're going to take a center in the first three rounds, I think. Yeah. So, so really no, no earth shattering signing since our last podcast, but they've added some, some quality players that I think Frank and I are both happy about, not surprised about. Um, I, I really, to be honest, Frank, I really like the Dante Foreman one. I think that could be, could be, although I, I, I was, uh, I was pretty high on him in the off season last year for dynasty purposes. Um, and, you know, it ended up working out fine. But, you know, I, I, I still think he's he's I think he could be a good fit in this offense. It's just a good player overall. And the Bears need more of that. They just need good players everywhere. Agreed. It's just it's as simple as that. Uh, Frank. In non-related Bears news, because the Bears don't need a quarterback. However, there are dynasty players that listen to this podcast. I know that for a fact you and myself are included in that group that do need quarterbacks and obviously being one of the most important positions in football, as well as dynasty and fantasy football in general, especially if you 
you're in a, you know, super flex two quarterback league. Uh, you need quarterbacks. You need the best one. And how do you find the best ones, Frank? You ask Jack and Frank of the Bear With Us podcast. We'll give you the we'll give you the list. Frank, how do you want to do this? Do you want to start at the bottom? You want to work five to one? Um, or should we just go one through five and just talk about it? So, oh man, I, we, I, I feel like both of us have been busy, so we really didn't get to plan this beforehand. Do you, in terms, so the way I broke it up was I have two guys that I think are franchise guys. Do you have these same two guys as the franchise dudes? So I think we discussed them. I think we discussed them last. Let's discuss the other, because I think everyone knows who those two are. Right, of course, it's fucking Anthony Richardson and Hendon Hooker. Of course, those are the two. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but we have those two. We have the we have the two guys. Let's talk about the other three because I only ranked five. I looked at some. I clicked. I clicked off quite a few tape really quick. I I, I had five dudes. Really, I think only four are going in the first round. Um, so let's talk like three through five. What we think of them maybe player comp type of thing, and then where we think they have the potential to go, whether it's team or round or, or, or what have you. All right, so um, I, I'll just list my three through five, and, and I, I have a feeling we'll kind of be somewhat similar here. Uh, I am going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Anthony Richardson is my number three. Number four is Will Levis, and then number five is Hendon Hooker for me. Um, do you, is it pretty similar for you? And then we'll kind of- it, it, the only one that's flipped for me. I have Will at, at three and Anthony Richardson at four because I think they're. I, I think, and it's it was really just a push. It really there was it, like I like Will Levis's arm talent a little bit better, but I think as an overall athlete, Anthony Richardson is is much better. But then I, it was also a weird thing because I think Will has the stronger arm. But Anthony Richardson has more touch on his throws. I don't think he has it as strong. I said it was like some give and take there. Um, but I had I had Will, I had Will at three, Anthony Richardson at four, Hendon Hooker at five. For for me, just based off of what I was, so there was a, there was a game I believe that I believe it was Florida and Kentucky actually where they played each other. Um, maybe I'm remembering wrong, but I I, I did try to watch both during the season and, and I came away pretty underwhelmed uh, with, with both, honestly. Um, listen, Anthony Richardson, the guy is, we'll start there. He's getting a ton of love for what he was able to do with the combine. He's like put up numbers that was basically equivalent to, um, oh man, I'm, I'm blanking on the tight end from the Falcon, Kyle Pitts. Like he they were very similar scores and one happens to play quarterback. And that's great. Except for the fact that Anthony Richardson's completion percentage was absolutely fucking horrible last year. I mean, it was it was it was rough. The reason I put him at three is basically because when it comes to Will Levis, I just don't see him as like the the game changing potential, like the quarterback who will take your team over the top. And if you're drafting early in those rounds, I would rather take a. You're not. You don't have the ability to draft, obviously, the two, the top two quarterbacks. I would rather take a shot at the guy with the just unreal ceiling than take a guy that I just think you'll be good with for five to ten years. Oh, so you... So I, I have it flipped a little bit. You You think Anthony Richardson has a higher ceiling than Will Levis. 
I think he does. So I think, I he does think in terms of superstar potential, yes. So I think Will Levis has a higher ceiling, but a much lower floor. I think Anthony Richardson's floor is way higher than than oh. than Will Levis. Yes. Because I mean, because Will, I mean, he he he's a little bit of an underrated athlete going into here. Because I mean, Anthony Richardson is is Anthony Richardson is the athlete of this quarterback right. draft. He is a phenomenal. I mean, he gets a, he's getting a lot of Cam Newton comparisons, at least with what he can do with his legs, and I think that's justifiable. I don't think he has as good of an arm as is uh, Cam did coming out. Um, but Will, to me, I know he had a, he had a turnover problem in college, especially as last year. Had he come out the year before, then. I don't, I'm always, I'm not really as up to date with like um, eligibility. I don't know if he could, but I know he had a much better year before then. But his arm talent is is very, very good. J- just pure like tossing the rock. Um, and I think with that, I almost wanted him just to go to the Giants and sit for a couple of years and have um, have uh, Dable, you know, take him under his wing because then I think he'd be really successful. But um, I think because of that and his ability, like just, him being a solid athlete, being able to get out of the pocket. He's, he's not the greatest throwing on the run, at least from what I saw on film, um, but he can't evade pass rush. He's not just like a pocket, you know, like a, a, a statue guy. Um, and with his arm talent, I think his ceiling is higher, but that, that means it needs to be unlocked with someone like Dable, someone like Kyle Shanahan, someone like, you know, Sean McVay, like these guys who can, you know, mold you a little bit. And, and cause he's very rough around the edges. But to me, Anthony Richardson, I mean, you can immediately instill like a rookie season Lamar Jackson offense, and that's a pretty fucking good offense if you do it right. You know what I mean? Like his floor is extremely high, um, but I just don't know. I didn't see this. The I didn't see the arm talent really from Anthony Richardson that I saw from even Hendon Hooker, but before the injury, and from obviously from the top two guys who I think are are levels above these three that we're talking about. Um, but I think his floor is higher because of, of the type of athlete that he is. Here, here's here's where Anthony Richardson edged out Will Levis for me. And we've just seen this evolution of mobile quarterbacks, dual threat quarterbacks, right? That's that's all the rage right now. Uh, Patrick Mahomes being one of them, of course, Justin Fields, uh, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. Those are like right there. Even fuck, man, even Joe Burrow got a little yeah. shiftiness to him. I'm going to read you something, Frank, and I think you're going to find some some humor out of it. Will Levis, rushing stats from his senior season at at Kentucky. 72 attempts, rushing attempts, for negative 107 yards. Wait, don't they they count sacks as rushing stats, though, in college? They they do. They do. But he had never had—I've never seen— negative rushing stats before i've never seen that before i've seen it in a game never. in college maybe not for a full year the that's game, fair game. i don't yeah absolutely but, but i think it, it's just i didn't see here here's the thing about will levis for me i i i had heard he was hyped up going into this offseason per usual you go from your seat he just he didn't take that step that i think a lot oh, of people agreed. really expected him to take uh, and, and I always get a little bit wary of those types of guys. Now, granted, that could be a multitude of things. You know, what were his weapons? What was his offensive line like? How good was the coaching? Things like that. But there were some expectations on Kentucky. And you, you think about sort of 
I, don't, I just I don't want to fall into the trap that a lot of people fell into when it came to uh, to Zach Wilson. So what I've been doing with a lot of these guys is kind of looking at their their game logs and and granted games logs do not tell the whole story, um, but man, you look at just some of the teams he struggled against. Uh, Tennessee, which was a really good team, he put up 98 passing yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, when he played Georgia, obviously one of the best teams in the country. 206 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Like there just was nothing from his senior season that really kind of stood out to me. And and granted, talent, skills, that stuff's all great to have. But like he just didn't really dominate any of the games except for Northern Illinois. Like that was his best game of the year, arguably. Maybe, maybe you could argue Missouri, but I don't know. For me, there's just I, I just didn't see a whole lot of wow factor to him. Whereas Anthony Richardson, obviously, you see that from him. And granted, his passing game has ways to go. I think drafting him third overall, if that if that did happen, like the Raiders trade up or something like that, I, he's probably closer to Malik Willis than I think a lot of people realize in terms of passing ability. Anthony Richardson, um, they're, Anthony Richardson, they're really blowing his athletic score. Like it, 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 it's getting way too much noted and granted I've never seen an athletic quarterback like that before. It's, it's, it is impressive, but it's the throwing ability. You can see him making some of the throws, but a lot of those are guys making plays. If you really watch the tape. So yep, I, I don't know. I, 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 if, if it were me, I'd be drafting for for just pure talent at that point. I, I would choose Anthony Richardson just because you might get a really, really good player as opposed to getting just a, a good quarterback like a Kirk Cousins, which isn't bad to have, but you can see how well that's worked for the for what then the then Redskins and now Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's just a, a... – a difference. Uh, well, I don't even think we disagree. I just think we we flip them because I think we're saying the same thing, but we just value maybe a little bit something different in, the, in this ranking. I like Levis's arm talent way, but I, if, if pure arm talent again, just throwing the ball, he's mm-hmm. probably number one in this class because he has a fucking phenomenal arm. What's going like on Jay upstairs Cullen. isn't always. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Th- that's who Jay he Cullen. reminded me of a lot. Was Jay? I don't think I don't think Jay turned the ball over nearly as much in college as he did as as Will did. Um, but that that's who it reminded me of very much. So, um. So the last guy, really quick, Hendon Hooker, uh, I think it sucks that he tore his ACL, especially because he's 25, but he, if he can stay healthy, he has a pretty high floor to me. I went back and watched his film. I mean, it gave me like Jimmy G, Alex Smith, make the right throws. I, it, Tennessee, I, I don't always know like how much their quarterbacks have to go through reads because it did seem like a lot of one read and he's not the most athletic guy, um, but he put the money, or he put the ball right on the money, right where it needed to be. Um I think if he stood healthy, he may have been like a late round, like a late first rounder or an early second rounder. Um, with the injury, you're probably what thinking like fourth or fifth, you know, type of guy. But I think he's like I saw. I watched a little bit of all their interviews and things. And Hendon's a smart dude, man. Like he could be one of those dudes that's like in his fifteenth year, <laughs> like you know, and like thirteen of them are a backup, like just because he has that high of an IQ, or maybe his like skill wise doesn't pan out, or injury wise, whatever happens with the knee, but. Yeah, he gave me like Jimmy G vibes, and I um I liked what I saw out of him. Yeah, the the NFL draft profile they compared him to 
um, Desmond Ritter of, of last year. And I like to look at those comparisons, not necessarily to make my determination, but give me an idea of sort of what type of yeah. game I should be looking for. And you look at the stats, dude, like he does not turn the ball over the last two seasons of Tennessee. He yeah. threw three interceptions and then two interceptions. That's last what I mean. Year That's why he gave me that vibe. Touchdowns, this... 30 touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, like Andy crazy. Dalton type of thing. Floor is the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you just hope that a lot of that can translate, you know, Tennessee's offense, you know, it, it's a little bit more free. It's a little bit more open. I'm curious if the bears maybe could uh, target their, their offensive coordinator. Uh, if, if Luke Gatsy decides to leave, but like you look at the completion percentage, it's like 68 plus, like he yep. had some phenomenal seasons in Tennessee, like really damn good, really impressive stuff and made that team, um, you know, fuck man like if he makes it to the fourth round i don't think i'd be all that upset if the bears drafted him in in the fourth round to be their backup i don't really think i'd be all that upset about it no same i mean i i think we said this maybe off stream but uh drafting a quarterback fourth fifth sixth round almost every year that's a good way to to ensure that if your your starter goes down you got someone that's uh that knows the system that's being molded for the system. So yeah, absolutely. Then you, um, can, then you can trade him for, for picks. Do you? Yeah, that's true too. Do you, um, do you have landing spots? Uh, the only one I for don't is for, three? is for Hendon. I, I don't know where he's going to go, but I do have landing spots for Will and Anthony Richardson. Yeah. For the, for the, for the three, we just talked about, I had, uh, I have Anthony Richardson going to the Raiders. Cause I just think that makes oh. way too much sense. Uh, Will Levis, I have him going to the Colts because uh, I think the Colts might be uh, might be a little screwed here. And um, you know, granted, I, I I think they'd probably want a more mobile quarterback, um, just based off of Shane Steichen's offense and and sort of how that worked with Jalen Hurts. Um, but Anthony Richardson might not be there, so I, I you know based off of my how I rank them. Uh, and then I have Hend- Hendon Hooker going to Tampa Bay because they're well. I can they, see that they need a quarterback. They they really need a quarterback. He can sit behind uh, Baker. You know, he can sit behind Kyle Trask, get healthy, all that good stuff, and then maybe they give him an opportunity to start next. You know, the year after, if you know, depending on what they're looking to do with that that whole rebuild. I'll stick with that because I, I didn't have I didn't really know where Hendon. Once you get past the first round, you know, it's quarterbacks can sort of go anywhere. Um, right. So I. I like this. I have very different uh, opinions than you here, and I don't think the Colts are all that screwed. I think uh, I think Will Levis is going to the Titans um, because I do think they're going to take a quarterback. Uh, and I have Anthony Richardson. This is more of a want than maybe what I really think. I, I, I let I let my 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 biasness get in here. Uh, I got Anthony Richardson going to the Seahawks, man. I think he sits a year because he, mm. he he is the one. Will Levis too. But I think Will Levis has the arm talent to like, you know, make some plays and, and have film. I don't know if Anthony is there just yet, but you sit a year behind Gino. I mean, because I, I think Gino's deal really only is two years. Um, it's and there's a lot more like fluff and things. And they, they, they have someone was breaking down the contract. You have an out after two and you cut him here out of, you know, you know how it works. Um, but you let him sit a year behind Gino. And you just sit sit there and develop and, and, and you got you got old Pete who's probably got fifteen more years of coaching left in him. Uh, I I want that a lot because I I do I I like the profile of Anthony Richardson a lot. I just I he's a guy that I don't want to see start his rookie year. I want him to to go somewhere that allows him to sit, that allows him to learn the offense, and then and then you go. 
I, there, there are guys, the more that I'm like scouting quarterbacks, the more that the Bears have had to, and we had to sort of see what things look like. There are guys who I think need to sit and learn, and there are guys who have the baseline ability, like we thought of Justin Fields, his rookie year, that can get on the field right now and, and then learn on the fly and learn from your own tape. I don't think Anthony Richardson is that. I don't. I also don't think Will, Will, Will Levis is that either. Um, the other two that we'll discuss, I think, do, are that. Um, and I would love to see him especially the Seahawks, I think that that culture too is just amazing. Like, I, I think that's a great culture for a rookie quarterback to like sit for a year and, and sort of, you know, feel out the NFL and just get the whole experience. That would be perfect for him, in my opinion. See, that's that's why I went, I went Anthony Richardson to the Raiders because he gets it behind Jimmy G. That's a fucking god-awful culture, though. I agree. I agree, but it but just I do think, feels like such a Raiders pick. Doesn't I, it just feel like a Raiders pick? Yeah, it it does, but I, I I don't think they're taking a quarterback. I, I well, obviously, as you can tell, I um or maybe you yeah, because Titans are at eleven, Seahawks are at five. Um, I don't I think Jimmy. I think you're just gonna hold the fort with Jimmy for a year. I have another surprise team. I think I maybe spoiled it a couple weeks ago, but I have another surprise team that's not taking a quarterback. Let's hear it because we're not gonna get to them today. No, it's it has to do with these top two. Let's let's, oh, let's dig in. Does. Who do you have at who do you okay. have at one and who do you have at two? I have uh, I have CJ Stroud as as my number one quarterback um, over over Bryce Young, and the reason for that is I just think right now, as a passer, I think CJ Stroud is much more consistent and much more accurate it's gonna come down to scheme fit it's gonna come down to who the panthers feel will be a better fit for their for their offense um but kind of understanding how frank reich has handled quarterbacks in the past in his time with indianapolis he definitely prefers the route of accuracy over the special traits almost um and not saying that accuracy isn't a special trait it absolutely is but Think of guys like Philip Rivers at the end of his career. Um, you know, Matt Ryan, of course, Carson Wentz. Um, Carson Wentz was almost more closer to the type of like Bryce Young style than than the other two were. Um, but I just think every time I watch, he just that that game against Georgia, that that championship game. C.J. Stroud showed me a little something. Showed me a little something that that really impressed me. Um, he's got really good size. You, you don't have any of those types of concerns with him. I, I think Bryce may have the higher ceiling. He kind of has a, like a little Mahomes to his game, a little Kyler Murray. Um, but I think CJ Stroud is going to be a very good quarterback and you're probably not going to have the same durability concerns down the road that you might with, with Bryce Young. So, I think so that, obviously Bryce Young is my number two. Yeah, and I, so I'll, I'll I'll then touch on Bryce Young since you talk I, everything you said about CJ. I I agree with. I I loved his tape. Um, he just looks like a prototypical quarterback. I mean, he he you see him in pads. You see him. He just looks like a quarterback. Bryce Young. He Bryce Young was my number one. I had I had Young at number one. CJ Stroud at number two. Very slim margin. To be honest with you, Jack, the only cons that I saw, the only cons that I saw once I stopped watching tape and started looking at other people were literally just his size. If they were the same size, Bryce Young would be, I, I, I legit, he would be like in the Trevor Lawrence tier. I think that's how good of a talent that he is. Um, 
He can make all the throws, just like you said. He has that, like, Kyler Murray sort of athleticism. He has that Mahomes ability to stretch the field, even though I think he's probably a better runner than uh, than Mahomes was um, or, or is. Um, but it was it was even though I had him at one, it was really hard for me to like shake like what um what short quarterback did have we ever really seen succeed? Drew Brees was one of them. Um, Russ was one of them, but that's like an asterisk an asterisk asterisk next to it because that system that they built for him there was getting him out of the pocket nonstop. Um, not to say that doesn't work, but like, that's what you have to do with these shorter guys is move the pocket all the time. You know, that almost alleviate or that almost like takes away the short passing game. A lot of time when you try to do the quick three-step drop backs, we've seen it with Baker, they get knocked down 40% of the time or whatever, you know, whatever number it's going to be with shorter quarterbacks. But you can't fucking deny what that kid can do with his legs and with his arm. His, I mean, some of these throws he's making, dude, are nuts. You just like to a point where I'm just like, man, like, just grow like three more inches, dude. And, and like you're no one's even having this debate anymore. Um, but if I can quickly touch on CJ Shroud, because the only thing that he his tape annoyed me. Um, because he I think he's a much better athlete than than what he showed. Like he I think he it, it reminded me a lot of Justin Fields at Ohio State. Like he's making it a point to stay in the pocket and make these throws. But then there's certain there's these highlights where I'm seeing him run, I'm seeing him scram, I'm like, dude you are a fucking athlete dude like owning a little bit like you but I, I i do feel like there's a a long line of that um especially with black quarterbacks of like you have to prove that you're a passer in college and and you you know some of them don't always lean into the athleticism side of it because it's looked as a, it looked at as a knock on them um but stroud annoyed me a tad bit because again i think we're gonna see the same thing when he when he's a pro as Justin Fields, where it's like, holy shit, like he, this guy can run like this. That this guy, like, you can draw runs and like RPOs, and he can like bust off a sixty-yard run. Like he has that, I think. Um, but there's a little bit of irony in my ranking, though, Jack, because I ranked Bryce Young higher, but I do think Stroud's gonna go number one. There's been a lot of smoke with Stroud going to Carolina. I think that is, we're on our way to seeing that. Um, I got Bryce Young going four to the Colts. I think. Uh, yeah. I don't think the Texans are taking a quarterback this year, dude. Um, there's a lot of smoke of the, the Caleb Williams thing for next year. And listen, you hire a defensive guy. Will Anderson is there. Will Anderson's a generational talent to a lot of scouts, to a lot of people. You you have him there to, to solidify that edge for 10, 15 years with the defensive coach. And then you, you know, go out and win two, three ball games next year. You're in the hunt for maybe the number. I mean, because I know this happens every single year. Oh, next quarterback class, next quarterback class. Right. Um, but I don't know if if Stroud goes number one, I don't know if you can trust Bryce Young. If you're the Texans, this because of the size limitations, to say, like, here's the guy that we can build around. You know what I mean? And 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 obviously if Stroud goes number one, I'm not taking Levis or Richardson at at, at two. I think that's out of the question. Um I, I, I think next year from what I'm hearing now, one through three seem to be really, really good. But again, that that can change. We, you know, from year to year. But that that was my surprise. I don't think I don't think the Texans are going quarterback. I you think about how they've built in the past and how they've they've won in the past. Mario Mario Williams, obviously JJ Watt. You know, they drafted Davion Clowney, hoping he, hoping he would be that type of pass rusher. So honestly, Will Anderson to the Texans. 
I think it would surprise a lot more people uh, than it necessarily would for me. I'd still think they're going to go quarterback just based off of the signings they made in free agency. Like if they had got Baker um, or Jimmy G, you know, something like that, I I, I would probably agree with you a little bit more. Um, I still think they're probably going to go quarterback. Uh, It just depends on who they like. If they, you know, like CJ Stroud more than, than Bryce Young, maybe they don't. I, I think that would make sense. Or if they just think Will Anderson is like the most special player you can possibly get, then sure. Um, for me with Bryce Young, I think it's not so much the size that has me concerned. Uh, it, it's, it's more about how you phrased it, the limitations that come with that. Um, and I know that sounds like I'm contradicting myself, but the size that he has, he I think leads to a lot of, escapability um like you just watch some of the highlight plays he makes and it's like he understands the pocket he understands where he should move in the pocket um how to get himself open but also how to extend plays and you're you love to see that in the nfl especially this style of (laughs) nfl um and and for a guy who is a little bit smaller you know you do want him to be able to be able to read that defense and extend those plays and, you know, limit the amount of hits he's taking. Um, But I just like, you watch on some of the throws and granted this is with any quarterback, but just see a lot of like max effort throws where he's like trying to get it down the field. And it looks like he's just trying with all his might to get the ball into a certain spot. Um, And that's really where the accuracy thing comes in for me and CJ Stroud. Like you look at his numbers, um, He's just a really impressive quarterback. Uh, There were a couple times this year, and I know he had been hurt. I know Bryce Young had gotten hurt. Um, But again, that kind of proves my point even a little bit more. Um, Like, he just, he didn't, he didn't play that well this year. He kind of took a step back uh, than he did last year, which I don't really like to see. Um, But C.J. Stroud, I think, has just been so consistent I just don't see how you go a different quarterback at this point um, than, than CJ Stroud. I think he's just your prototypical starting quarterback. And, and he is. You're right. He's a lot more athletic than, than he shows off. And I just like his arm talent. I think he has um, the most consistent delivery. And again, just accuracy is the name of the game. Um, and I just think he's, by far and away the best, the most accurate. Plus he loves Justin Fields and he gave him that shout out. So maybe he that does. had something to do with the two, Frank. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. But I mean, but all, all in all, the, what I've done, the more that we've done this scouting for the podcast, when we've been in dynasty leagues and everything, I sort of break it up into like, here are the guys who I think are franchise guys. These are the two. I can see teams building around them. I can see successful systems being built with them. Successful offenses being built around them. These other guys who, I don't, I don't know if it's going to get there. I, it, it, it could, but it's going to take a lot more development than what these two, you know, that these two need. And, and Frank, I think that leads into a much larger discussion that we can, can, you know, save for another day. But I think this is one of the key points that I really think needs to be made for, for any Bears fan who maybe thought the Bears were going to go in a different direction or maybe hoping they would draft one of these quarterbacks. There are no guarantees, man. I mean, you think about the hype that was coming in last year about this draft class, especially compared to the 2022 quarterback draft class. Like, you remember 
think about how valuable that those 23 first round picks were going in, in dynasty leagues um, because you had to have Bryce, Bryce Young or you had to have CJ Stroud. And now you're at the point where you're hearing that they're not really even like, like it would probably still be Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, one, two, and then Bryce Young and CJ Stroud or however you want to flip that. So, you know, Caleb Williams looks like the next big thing, but who, who, who fucking knows? Like, but that, yeah, you, you can't really just assume that these quarterbacks will develop the way that you hope that they do. We get, it's every year with this type of stuff. It's every and single year. Jack, if you remember Christian Hackenberg was another one of those, he decided to go back and everyone's like, it doesn't matter. He's still going to be, he was going to be the number one pick or a first round pick. Uh, what was it? A junior year or whatever. And then he decided to go back and just completely ruined that draft stock. And he wound up not being very good in the NFL, but shit happens man and 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 that's what like that's the other thing too is even the surefire thing trevor lawrence it took him a year and a half to look like an nfl quarter granted the shit show that was we we know but i'm just saying like even just mechanically like i don't think people really understand quarterback isn't that position to just come in so again like you know uh, hogan johns touched on this a lot of other guys touched on this so this isn't a new take but this is just common sense once you have a couple of years of development with Justin Fields, sure, like you're resetting the, the rookie clock if you stay at number one and pick CJ Stroud, but you're also resetting the, the, the developmental clock. You have no idea how these guys are going to not only adjust to the NFL, but how the game speed is going to affect them, how they're going to be able to continue to get better with that. And again, is Justin perfect with that? No, he's far from it, but he has shown improvement there. Whereas we've seen guys who literally never improve Mitch Trubisky was one. He he can't read a defense. It's just he he can't do it. That's just it, his brain doesn't process that fast. And and I don't. For me, it's like I don't know if it's a hard work thing or it's just sometimes you just have it and you don't. You know what I mean? Like put me out there on NFL field. I don't fucking got it. I don't. I don't. I don't think how. No matter how hard I work it, I just don't think I have it. That's why I'm not there. You know what I mean? Like, right. and and um. I think that's the same for for these guys. So everyone who's you know who, Bears fans who are oh well, we need CJ Stroud or we need CJ like sure they may wind up being better than Justin one day, but this is a crapshoot at the end of the day. You 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 can like I, I think what I've learned to do is like scout for physical talent, but then you have to match that physical talent with you know full games. What what are they doing from snap to snap, not just highlights? You know there, there's there's free YouTube channels out here. It might it might be illegal actually, but that I found that show full games and it's just snap, snap to snap. They, they're cutting out the in-between and just showing you throw by throw. And when you see the inconsistencies, you see the, you know, the mechanical issues that some of them have feet aren't always agreeing with the shoulders and the arm. And that's when you put it all together. But again, if you just look at someone's highlight tape, if you just saw someone just throwing the football, Will Levis would be the number one prospect and it wouldn't be close. <laughs> right. But that's not right. all that matters in this process. Like all of this matters and, and, and development in the NFL, once they're drafted, matters even more than anything else because they they still need they have a lot to learn at the nfl level and justin has two years of learning that and we've seen nothing but improvement since day one exactly no i i think that's a really good point we haven't really had that situation where you've kind of seen a step back and you're like hey okay well he was doing that last year what what happened yeah um, and granted there's still a ton of time to go but i i don't know man i just you just watch some of the things that these quarterbacks this quarterback class is much more interesting than last year's no doubt about that last year's was a barren wasteland um you know you 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 gave me a lot of shit for picking kenny pickett as my number one quarterback i'm just throwing that out there you know you gave me a lot of shit frank because of of the pigmentation of his skin color um 
and you thought I was I, I was picking him for nefarious reasons. So, you know, we'll we'll see. I, I like like you were kind of saying, uh, all jokes aside, CJ Stroud and and Bryce Young are not that far apart. Um, I just CJ Stroud just gives me a little bit more something, and and again, the the size concerns. You kind of look at how Kyler Murray's career has kind of gone. And I'm not saying Bryce Young is, is, is Kyler Murray will have the same sort of issues, you know, off the field with, in terms of studying and, and understanding play concepts and things Being like addicted that. Addicted to that's video whole, games. Yeah. <laughs> Call of Duty drops, things like that. Uh, that's a whole other conversation. I don't think Bryce Young is, is that maybe he is. We don't really know. Yeah. Um, his yeah. teams know though. And, but, but you just kind of look at the wear and tear of, of Kyler Murray and, and sort of where his career has gone. And now he's, you know, I mean, even concerns were real, even Baker, someone who's not nearly as mobile as these guys, these smaller guys, you have 300 pound men landing on you. So, you know, you look at someone like Justin, who's 6'3", 240, that still hurts, but it doesn't hurt as much as you when you're, I mean, keep it, keep it honest here. Bryce Young is my size. He's fucking five, eight, a buck 60. No one can convince me any different. Okay. <laughs> but again, his arm, I, I love him it. as a talent. I just want him to, you know, if he's I a little do. bit taller. I know, but I know, I know that. And, and that's the thing. Like you see the, the, the true ta- I think he'll be a very good quarterback. I just don't know for how long. And, yeah. and if I'm picking number one, I would probably lean towards the more safe route. Um, there's, there's a reason you're drafted number one. Uh, but again, you just watch that game against Georgia, dude. Like it gives me such vi- like, like Justin Fields versus Clemson vibes. And, I know. You know, I know it, that that's the thing. Like some really impressive shit, man. Well, but I, well, that's why I think me and you both agree that his ceiling is higher. Um, Cause I do think granted CJ maybe is a better athlete than he showed. Bryce showed us. I mean, he sort of showed his athleticism a lot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so he, he is yeah. the modern quarterback. He just is, you know, he, he's uh size limited. Um, well, it's, it, it, that's what's interesting about these two quarterbacks is like, they're kind of almost reversed. Like, like Bryce plays like he has the size of CJ Stroud and the athleticism like, but CJ Stroud plays like he should be playing from the pocket more. Like he is way more of a pocket passer than I think people realize, which is yeah. really fascinating to me. I agree. Um, but I mean, those are the two guys. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. I, I, I think I, honestly, I have a really big gap between them and then in the, the next you know, the next three and any other quarterback that I agree. I don't think you're going to go. You're not really getting a safe pick, um, which is why I'm glad the bears traded when they did. Cause you know, the longer this draft process takes, the more you're able to convince yourself, like, do we really need to trade up, you know, for, for one of these guys, um, you know, things could pop up way more. So um, yeah, I, I think this quarterback class is, is definitely more interesting. I think there will, there will be some really good players that come out of this. Um I just think it depends on on where teams go in terms of dynasty. Um, you know, like like just for example, Frank, we'll we'll kind of you know we'll be able to cut it here. Is there any team that like could draft one of these guys at this point where you would you know convince you to bump up your stock a little bit more? So you know, does the Panthers drafting C.J. Stroud make any sort of difference to you versus the Raiders draft him? Um, or anything like that. Obviously, there's an obvious answer there, but um, I'm, I'm curious if there's anyone that gets drafted by a certain team that you'll be like, okay, maybe that pushes them up a little bit in my rankings. 
pushes them up. Um, yeah, or pushes them down. However, you I, I, I look at it more of like pushing it down because the two teams that I would absolutely avoid would be the Raiders and the Texans. They draft a quarterback. They're uh, dynasty wise. I'm, 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 I'm not touching them. <clears throat> You're out. You're out. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. Those Even are with Devontae Adams, though. Yeah, I, I, it, I mean, because you know, all it takes for a wide receiver to have a really good year is seventeen hundred yards. If your quarterback throws seventeen hundred yards, <laughs> it's a pretty bad season there. That's a good point. I think I think the Panthers are not a bad option for a player to get drafted to. Uh, you know, you look at sort of the Texans and, and kind of where they're at in terms of their depth chart. It's I, it's not it's, even that it's, it's we're rough. talking dynasty. I don't have faith that they can build a a, a team. I mean, they have Let's been see, treacherous. Uh, Nico Collins, Noah Brown, and Robert Woods are their top three wide receivers. That's fucking gross. They do have John Mechie, who people really like. Oh yeah, he's coming back from. Uh, he's he's I think he's cancer. fully recovered from cancer. Yeah, good on Which him. He's good. I, I really, liked really him as a good. prospect. I drafted him in quite a few leagues in the second round. Speedster. Yeah. Um, the, the Colts have some good weapons. Um, you know, if CJ Stroud gets makes it to the Colts, that Colts, would be an interesting option. Yeah, Col- the, the, the Colts... Oh. If, if, it, if it's either Stroud or Young, I would that would bump them up for me. It may even like decide, like, okay, I, I favor him, you know, for a little while. I don't, right, let, me, I don't, let me ask it this way. Let me ask it this way. You have the number one pick, right? You have 1-1. One, one. Uh-huh, yep. CJ Stroud goes number one to the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Or, or, excuse me, Bryce Young uh, goes goes number one to the Panthers. Like, you you know, you, you put him at the top of your rankings. Mm-hmm. That'd be your preferred quarterback. CJ Stroud goes to the Colts. Yep. Does that does that make you go CJ Stroud over, over Bryce Young? Because I think that's a lot of questions people are, are going to be having in this dynasty draft probably yeah you think so probably yeah um but i very seldom pick quarterbacks even in superflex uh i mean it also depends on like if i'm rebuilding or if i'm competing because if i have one one and i'm competing i like traded for it i'm going Bijan probably to be honest you get running backs when you compete you get quarterbacks and super flexes when you're you know rebuilding what about when your running backs get half, we get a third of the points they get in other leagues? Yeah, that league, that league can suck my dick. <laughs> no, that'll that's a again a conversation for another day. But uh, we're going to take a look at wide receivers, running backs, probably the tight ends as well. Um, I know how much Frank loves talking about about tight ends and in, in dynasty. So, um, well, there's a couple good that. ones though this year. I I, I do there think, are. yeah. There are. There are, and uh, you know, obviously, we'll update you guys with any any Bears news that comes through. Getting closer to the draft, Frank. Getting very, very close here, so um, that'll be exciting. We appreciate you guys listening as always. This has been the Bear with Us podcast. I'm Jack. He's Frank. Thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you next week. Later, Jackie. Later, everybody. everybody!